This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, I Can See Clearly Now. People see what they want to see and stay blind to what they want to stay blind to. The Lord hates us for being spiritually blind. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 8. Here is a passage that we have shared before, but I feel some fresh grease on this thing today. Uh, um, And hopefully it will impact you as it impacted me. Mark chapter 8, beginning of verse number 22, then he came to Bethsaida and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again, somebody say again, and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man, everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell anyone in the town. Let me just stick a pin on that last verse for a second. If all of a sudden you saw a a blind man walk in the streets like he could see, it wouldn't be necessary for you to have to tell anybody that something has changed in this person's life. Uh, And that's what God wants to do. He wants to do in your life and cause such a drastic change that you don't have to say anything when people just see you. They know that something has changed. Dr. Mabel said he was paralyzed for a year, a year and a half or something like that, you said, amen. But all of a sudden you see Dr. Mabel walking, you know that something done happened that he's been changed. In 1972, here's my subject today, I can see clearly now. That's the subject. I can see clearly now. In 1972, Johnny Johnny Nash released a song entitled, I Can See Clearly Now. The lyrics go like this. I had to make sure I could just say the lyrics without jumping off into singing it. (laughs) I can see clearly now, the rain is gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be a bright, bright, bright sunshiny day. You hear the people repeating that? Them are the old farts up here in the building. If you don't know the words to that song, that means you're a young person. This was a popular song back in 1972. It says, listen, it goes on to say, the next verse says, I think I can make it now. The pain is gone. All of the bad feelings have disappeared. Here is the rainbow I've been praying for. It's going to be a bright, 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 bright sunshiny day. Look all around. There's nothing but blue skies. Look straight ahead. There's nothing but blue skies. 
what a, what a profound, powerful song. Uh, this, this song is really a reflection. It's speaking to the circumstances. I don't know what motivated Johnny Nash to write the song, but I know it communicates a powerful experience. That God's desire is to help take the cloudiness over your life and give you the capacity to see life more clearly. In this particular text, a blind man has been brought to Jesus in the city of Bethsaida, and the text says, verse number 22, it says that they brought a blind man to Jesus, to him, and look what they did. They begged him to touch him. Now, this, I could just spend the rest of the sermon right here on just verse 22. I, I wish I had time. I don't have time to talk about the fact that they, they didn't ask Jesus to heal him. They just knew that if Jesus just touched him, everything would be all right. Anybody here know that if you just get a touch from Jesus? When, when I was growing up, there used to be a song say, he touched me, shackled by a heavy burden, beneath a load of guilt and shame. But then the hands of Jesus touched me, and now I'm no longer the same. I believe there's somebody in here today that has had an experience of seeing God touch your life, and your life has already been changed. You have been transformed, delivered, turned around. Your circumstances have gone into a different dimension of life. And I don't know who I'm preaching to today. Maybe you're in this building, maybe you're online watching this, maybe you're in some other part of the world, but I got great news for you. I don't care how tragic, how bad, how sad, how dark your life might be, I got great news. We serve a Savior named Jesus who has the willingness and the capacity that if He just touches you, He'll change your life. And that's all they said. They didn't say give him his sight. They didn't give him any specific instructions. They begged him, Jesus, just touch him. That's amazing to me. They made that simple request. They begged him, could you just touch him? And I'm, I'm grateful today to know that Jesus will touch you and change your life. He'll make you whole. He'll heal you from whatever your circumstances. John, Johnny Nash said, uh, uh, I, I like what he said. He said, I can make it now. The pain that I've been going through is gone. All the bad feelings that I once had have disappeared. And now I can see a rainbow that I've been praying for. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Thank you, Johnny Nash, for singing and writing that song and singing it. And it's still resonating here. How many, how many years ago? It's 72 years. How many years? A long time. It's a long time ago. See, this is seven, this is 22, 50 years. 50 years, and we're talking about Johnny Nash's song that he wrote 50 years ago. Yeah. I'm hoping that I can preach a sermon that 50 years from now y'all will still remember. What happened to this man? What did Jesus do? What happened to this blind man? Several things. I got four quick points for you, then I'll be out of your hair. First thing is Jesus took the blind man by the hand. Verse 23 says he took him by the hand. Jesus took the man by the hand and led him out of town. This is my first point is he took the blind man by his hand. When you are blind, you have to be willing to let somebody lead you. Uh, the problem with the culture today is they don't listen to nobody, but people don't listen to nobody but themselves. Uh, thank all five of y'all for that rousing affirmation. I think it's tragic 
Because all, listen, all of us as young people, let me talk about the young people. When you were teenagers, I, I learned this about all six of my kids, all of them entered into a I know it all zone. All six of my kids got to a place. It, it's, I, I, didn't, I, I thought it was just the first child. You know, when my oldest daughter, Sarah, my oldest child, when she got to a place that she knew it all and I, she, she started smelling herself when she got her, and it was around 16 years of age when um, uh, she got her driver's license and I told her to take her younger brother to football practice. And she said, why can't you take him? <laughs> Go ahead and give God the praise. She's still alive. She survived. <laughs> I didn't kill her. But she started smelling. She started thinking that she could talk back to her parents. She, she misunderstood. I wasn't asking her to take him. I was direct. All of my kids at some point in their life start smelling themselves and start thinking that they knew everything and didn't understand that God gave parents, gave parents to children. Children, you got parents so they can help lead you by your hand. How many of you have made some choices in your life that when you look back on it, you realize that was a bad decision? You said to yourself, what was I thinking? I can guarantee you that there was somebody nearby the vicinity of your life that if you just listened to their counsel, let them lead you by your hand and give you some guidance, you would not have made the mistake that you've made. You wouldn't have gone down the path that you went down. You would not have made the error that you made. Uh, this blind man had to be willing to let somebody lead him by his hand. And you and I have to get to a place in our lives where we will let the right kind of people lead us by our hand. And here I am, 60, what am I? 60 so many years old that I'm, I'm going to be, but I still got people, I tell folk, I still have people that I let lead me. Here I am, I is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. I'm a bad somebody. By the way, we paid off our mortgage on August 22nd. Bad somebody. We ain't got no debt. Somebody say amen, we is, we is a debt-free church. Don't, hold, don't, okay. Save that for next Sunday. We're gonna shout and dance and run around the building. What I'm trying to tell you is even with all of the knowledge that I think I've gained and even with the experience and the things I've accomplished in life, I still have coaches. Here I am 60 plus years old and I have people to coach me. I, I'm listening. I let somebody else lead me. If I've never been down the road before, if I've never done something before, I'm smart enough. I'm a bad somebody. I'm a smart enough person to not think I have all the answers and I know everything. Sometimes you got to let somebody lead you to a place you've never been before. I think I said last week, people get to a place of arrogancy when can't nobody tell you anything. He took the blind man by his hand. He led him. Number two, he led him out of town. Somebody say out of town. Now, this was, this was an interesting point to me that I wanted to just talk about for a few moments. This was an interesting point to me that, that why didn't Jesus just heal him in Bethsaida? Why didn't he just go ahead and touch him right there? 
what was it about those that situation that he led him out of the town? I, 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 I don't know, but I surmise. I'm not sure. He doesn't tell us why he led him out of town. He the Bible doesn't give us the reasoning for it, but I think there's several reasons. Let me just hit, hit you up on a couple. Let me give you one main one that I want to drive home for a second. I believe Jesus led him out of town because, listen here, y'all need to get this. He had to move him from his comfortable environment. I know that went over your head. That's why I got to break it down. Sometimes you have to allow Jesus to lead you to what's unfamiliar to you. See, I believe the blind man had gotten, gotten comfortable with his surroundings. Uh, my grandmother, who, who lost her sight later in life, my, my grandmother, my mother's mother, who, uh, when she lost her sight, came and moved with us. Uh, we, we, we had... I had my grandmother living in the house with us at my home, and I noticed when grandma first got there that she, she was in an unfamiliar environment, and, and so since she was in an unfamiliar environment, she had to learn her, her places, so she, she would trip up steps, trip downstairs, walk into the wall thinking the door was there, but after a while, she learned exactly where the door was. She could go in the kitchen. Grandma could go in the kitchen and pull out a pot that she wanted and cook. Blind, she could do that. She, you give her money, and she had learned a, 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 a system to be able to fold a $10 bill one way, a $20 bill another way, a $1 bill yet another way, and so she could tell what kind of bill it was based on how she unfolded it. Uh, she even got so comfortable that she would get her, her, her cane and walk around the block and come back to our house. I still don't know how she did that, but she was blind. Here, here's what happened. She had become familiar and comfortable with her circumstances. Some of you can never get a miracle from God because you're not willing to get out of the comfort of your comfortable circumstances and go into a place that you've never been before. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but somebody needs to know. Listen to this. Jot this down. Write this point down. Tradition and familiarity are the enemies of the miracles of God. Let me say it again. Tradition and familiarity. Am I saying that word right? Y'all don't understand what I'm I may not be saying it right, but you know what I'm saying. They are the enemies of the miracles of God. They, they are, they, 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 they're the enemies. Tradition. Uh, we never did it that way before. Uh, we've already done it this way. You know why our church has grown and become what it has become? Because we were willing to do some stuff that we've never done before. When I became the pastor of this church, we weren't a tithing offering church. We were a barbecue, cooking, selling, chicken eating, fundraising church. And I said, we're going to do it the way the Bible. Let's try something we ain't never tried before. We're going to be a tithing offering church. And here we are, 33 years later, about to pay off our second mortgage, the second time we paid off a mortgage doing something that we've never done before. What is it that God is trying to get you out of your comfort zone, your familiarity, your tradition? God wants to do something spectacular in your life. What is it that you're unwilling to get out of and change so that God might do something special in your life? I'm preaching to somebody up in here today who need to understand 
your, your refusal, your unwillingness to go somewhere. Some of y'all ain't never been to Bible study, ain't never taken a Bible Institute class, ain't never been to prayer service. Go on and preach, Pastor. Some of y'all ain't never done anything, and so you are limiting God's ability and capacity to do the spectacular in your life. And so my word to you today, my challenge to you today, my, my, I'm preaching and declaring to you right now is get out of your tradition, get out of your comfort zone, and go get out of town. Lean over to your neighbor and say, when the last time you would have gotten out of town? Some of y'all need to get... get you need to get out of town. Get away from your, con your, your friends. Some of y'all need some new friends. Some of those friends you got are what's keeping you back. You so worried about what their opinion is and what they're going to say and what their thoughts are, and you need to let, forget them and get out of there and let the Lord lead you to some new friends and some new people and a new environment. Get out of town. Tell your neighbor one last time, get out of town. Here's point three. I'm almost finished. I got four points today. It says right here also in verse number three, he led him out of town, and then it says this, verse 23, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he spit, Jesus spit on the man. That's nasty. That's nasty. I, I'm having trouble comprehending spitting on somebody. I think earlier this year I heard about a pastor who's demonstrated this and spit on a guy. That's, na that, that's nasty. He later came back and apologized, but has an illustration, that wasn't it. And by the way, pastor, you ain't Jesus. Don't be going around spitting on people. I'm struggling with this spit thing. Jesus, what, you, you didn't heal blind people before without spitting on them. Why you spit on this man? The Scripture says, I want you to know what the Scripture says, he spit on his eyes. It didn't say he spit on the man. It, it, the Bible is clear he spit on his eyes. Now, now, now I believe that the act of spitting is an, uh, a demonstration of distaste, dislike, yeah. hatred for. It communicates a message. That's what spit means. That's, 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 what, that's what it means. That's what the, it's, a, it's an indication of a dislike for something. And I believe Jesus spit on the man's eyes, and the Bible specifically says eyes, is an indication that God hates for a person to be in a condition of spiritual blindness. That's what I believe. I think it's sad. I think it's tragic that you could be up and come into a church like this for years and still be blind. You know what I discovered? I discovered that people see what they want to see. Uh, and they stay blind to stuff that they want to stay blind to. I, I don't understand coming to a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church like this because we, 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 this is a church that tries to educate you and enlighten you 
we teach you the Word of God. But I, I discovered that people come here and hear, hear a great preacher that we have here at First Baptist Church, great teaching from the Word of God, clear instructions, but then walk out of here and do what you want to do anyway. Yeah, I, I think it's tragic that you get the Word of God and then lean to your own understanding. And then all of a sudden, you want to come and make an appointment with the pastor after your life has gone out of control, after you're in a tragic situation, now that the fruit of the consequences of your choice are, 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 are blasting your life, now you want to meet with the pastor. I'm sorry I'm not available. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. I, I've been here for 33 years. I know what the play is. I know what goes on. All of a sudden, you got to meet with the pastor. Can't meet with nobody else. Can't nobody solve the problem but the pastor, only the pastor. I'm sorry. I'm not available. Matter of fact, let me spit on you. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. It's a message of hating for people to be, uh, have the opportunity to get information, but still don't take it. Have the opportunity to learn, but you're too busy doing your aerobics to take a class. Too busy doing whatever you do. Did you, you've been a member of this church all these years, ain't never been to Bible study, ain't never taken Bible Institute class, ain't never been in the discipleship program, and you want to know why your life is jacked up? I believe that God will do whatever it takes to get you to a place of recognizing that you need Him and you need His Word, and He's trying to bring a change in your life. Go on and preach, Pastor. I'm doing the best that I can. He spit on him to say how much he hates it. He hates for you to not know the Word of God. He hates for you not to know truth. He hates for you not to be able to put yourself in an environment to get the knowledge that God has made available to us. That's why you end up marrying somebody you shouldn't have been married to. That's why your finances are all out of whack. Because you won't take the time to get in an environment to learn. That's why I salute Reverend Gordon, I'm sorry, Elder-elect <laughs> Esther Gordon, Elder-select, select Gordon, um, and, her, and all of those that work in this department, all of those teach classes and people who've gone and studied and are making available, you can learn almost everything at this, at this church. It's almost, it's, there's nothing that... You can't not learn. It's available to you. You just need to take the time. Tell your neighbor, take the time. I want you to ask, I'm going to take a moment. I'm almost finished. Ask, ask the person sitting next to you, have you ever been to Bible study? Have you ever taken a class? And if, if they say no, if they say no, just, just. Yeah, do that so I can come spit on them. 
so I can come and tell them how, how distasteful it is in the eyes of God. Let me finish. I'm, I'm coming to a close. He laid his hands on him, and he asked the man if he saw anything. And the man, verse 24, and he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Now, th this is, a, again, another troubling passage, part of this passage, this story. Jesus touched the man, but he still wasn't seeing straight. Straight. He said, I see men, but they look like trees walking. We know there's something wrong with their, his vision. It's not totally straight because trees don't walk. They're stationary. And the question is, what is the problem here? What is the situation? What, what, why is he not seeing straight? I don't know, but sometimes you got to come back and take a second class. You <laughs> hear what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to take a second class. Sometimes you got to get a second touch. Sometimes you got to go back and let God lay his hands on you again. I wish I had a praying crowd with me here today. Jesus laid his hands on the man a second time, and I'm here today. Say, don't stop with the first touch. Go on back to the altar and get a second touch. And don't stop with the first move of God. Get encountered with another move of God. I don't know where y'all are, but I'm hungry for God more and more every day. I want more of God. I want more of his anointing. I want more of his power. I want more of his presence. I'm not just satisfied with one thing. I want everything that God's got that got my name on it. And the Bible says that Jesus put his hands on him again. Somebody say, again. Again. He touched him again. Somebody say, again. And he looked up and looked at what the Scripture says, verse 20, 25, and he was restored. Woo! He was restored. He got his sight back. He was able to see clearly. He saw everyone clearly. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but God is a God who will take the drama of your life and restore you to where he wants you to be. Somebody fist bump somebody and say, I want to be restored. I want God to fix up what I messed up. I want him to make whole what it is I failed to do. I want God to fix up what I have messed up. And I'm here to tell you today, we serve a Jesus who will fix up and restore and bring you to a place that you should be. You don't have to stay in your broken condition. You don't have to stay blind. You don't have to stay broke down. You don't have to stay sad. You don't have to stay depressed. You don't have to stay frustrated. He will restore. He is a God who will fix you up, pick you up, turn you around, and restore you, and you will see life clearly. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Sometimes you have to allow Jesus to lead you to a place that's uncomfortable. What are you willing to change to allow God to do something special in your life? If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenharden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.